Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Flames Fancast. It's Friday night, April 9th. Uh, Flames haven't played in a while because of the COVID situation in Vancouver, but we play the rescheduled game against Edmonton tomorrow. Uh, I guess to start off, I'll say uh, this is the first Battle of Alberta I have not been looking forward to in a long, long time. How shit are we? (laughs) How shit are we? Everybody tell me how shit we are. I'd like everyone to explain to me how this team got so shit. Because I smell shit every morning when I take a shit when I wake up, and it doesn't fucking stink like this. How the fuck did we get to this point where we're looking at this club and going, we can't even win a fucking game. And not only can we not win a game, we can't even compete right now. And that's my issue, is that, like, I'm looking at this going, okay, I start watching these games, and I just shut it off by, like, the second period. Halfway through the second period, I'm going like, this is, it's the same old shit over and over again, and it stinks again. And it stinks worse as more games go on. And like, I realize I'm saying shit a lot, but it's shit, and it's absolute shit, and we're in fucking big trouble. It's panic mode for me. Panic, panic, mode. panic mode was, it's over. No, it's over, yeah, but it's panic mode from a club perspective. Like, this, this, this generation, this core is over. It's done. It was over for two years. Yeah. It, but but I, you and I were saying that Johnny and Monty needed to go and all that stuff. But And I know that I went back on that at the beginning of the season because I thought, oh, okay, Johnny's going to play hard now. But it's just... it you just played hard same, for seven games. It's the same... Sh- it's not even just him. It's the whole team. It's the same shit over and over again every year. Every year. We should have made moves like Chicago did. Back when we got owned by Colorado. Chicago is like famous for basically getting rid of their players on a high, right? Everyone would be questioning, like, why are you getting... But they still have Taves. They still have Kane. No, I understand that. But like, you know, they got rid of Bufflin, for example, right? Bufflin was like a huge fucking part of their playoff run that year. Like, they're not afraid to get rid of guys, right? Now they got a Deprinket and like, you know, someone who's really good and he's going to come up and be a real fucking good player for them. We don't have anybody. Who no, do we, we have? have nobody. We, yeah. nobody. No, so, we have anyway, nobody. Rant over, but it's just it's been not. shit. Um, we're going to rant more here. <laughs> this whole episode is going to be a gigantic rant. So get your fucking chips, get your beer, sit down and listen to us because it's going to get ugly. Like, I am fucking pissed at this team. We are so bad. Sorry, I took up. The whole thing there. It's okay, because um, yeah. I didn't write an agenda for this one because it wasn't needed. Because we're just weird. There's nothing more to talk about. There's lots to talk about. It's well, just... there's th- this is the topic though. Th- this is it. This club. This management. These players. I just feel. I don't even. There's so many things running through my head, and they, I feel so many emotions. I I don't know about you, but sometimes I just randomly think I'm sitting there at work or at home, like oh man, I really want to say this on the podcast or I I come up with this idea. But I just feel, as a fan, you know, to encapsulate the Goudreau and Monaghan era, if you will, I just feel betrayed. I mean, maybe that's a strong word, but we, we had so much promise and so much faith was placed in those two players. And on, honestly, like, it just wasn't repaid. No. And, you know, Goudreau, I don't know, maybe as a fucking amateur podcaster, 
you waffle back and forth. But I remember just giving him credit when credit was due, but just that underlying feeling of like the commitment isn't there from this guy. And the things that he does, you know, two things that strike me, well, there's lots, but (laughs) I'm sorry, but everybody you talk to in this city, if you bring up a name about Goudreau, they've got a story about something that he does that's not on the ice. Yeah, and like... And and I'm not kidding. That's everybody who knows anything about hockey. It's like, oh, I hear Johnny is... (laughs) This whole city talks about it, and and no doubt that's just a distraction to him. Yeah, I think he's... I think he's... (sighs) Additionally, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to be here. And the fact that you have to come out and say to the media, I want to be here. And your wife comes on Twitter and like, where are you now backing me up? And it's just that you don't, you don't, you know, your loyalty isn't proven by your actions. It's by what other people have to say about you. And. Well, no, isn't your loyalty determined based on your actions? Well, it's, it, 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 his isn't because he doesn't behave oh, in a way that makes You're us believe he's, that he's yeah, loyal. Yeah, like talk uh, is listen, cheap, right? Like we should have, we should have known what we had in Goudreau a long time ago. And you know, the more I look back on that series where we we finished second in the league and we got absolutely washed by Colorado, that should have been a watershed moment. But we still held on and like, nah, that was just a one-off. It wasn't these playoff performances. If we even make the playoffs are typical of how we perform. Okay, so let's be clear. We're not making the playoffs. Oh, there's and no, there's no way. In, man, Montreal's like, what? We got five games seven, against them. Seven now. points ahead of us with five games in hand or something? It's some stupid like that. So, like, they actually win hockey games. Yeah. Like, who? if you would have told me at the beginning of the year Montreal is an exponentially better hockey club than you are, yeah. I, can't, I can barely name players on Montreal, man. Who's their star? Josh Anderson? I mean... Jonathan Druin? <laughs> Suzuki? <laughs> Suzuki's having a good year. Their defense, like Jeff Petrie is the best defenseman in the Western, or the North League, whatever, fucking Enterprise Rent-A-Car League, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the Little Caesars League. Um, I, I, I wanted to... I, I don't know. Let's just keep going. I got, a good, I got a good question for you later, but... Okay. I mean, I, I don't even know. Have at it, man. Have at it, Haas. Tell, tell I don't me how even you feel. know where to begin with these kinds of. I just it's like, just like this this season, especially in COVID and everything. Uh, and you know, I know people were really looking forward to hockey, and I know we started so brightly. Yeah. But then it was just like dog shit. Like it was so bad, and I cannot stand watching these games where the effort is so poor. Yeah. Like I watch Goudreau and he's just not I don't know, he's not interested in playing hockey. Yeah. And he just kind of ho hums it over on the left half boards there and like it's just no good. It's it's no good. And like we the new coach uh the new coach I I don't know what the word is. The aura of the new coach like with Sutter coming in that lasted what four games so was that was that because the the guys are motivated again whatever was a simple play was it just simple dump ins i don't know what it was but you know we're back to square one again so the problem i've i've harped 
this so many times on our podcast for three years. The problem is not the coach if you've constantly fired the coach. No. The problem the, is the, the co- players. The problem is not the coach. No, the but the coach the coach always gets the the short end of the stick, right? It's the coach that gets fired and you can't fire players because players are on contracts, blah blah. But my problem is that you had Hartley, you had Gullitson, you had Peters. All three of these coaches Either had very successful first seasons. Ward, Ward, especially yeah, even Ward had his like, uh, you know that that placebo effect. You if you want to call it that, but Hartley won Jack Adams, right? Galtson had a good first year. Peters had a good first year, and there were room. Like I'm pretty sure he was talked about, you know, getting a Jack Adams like nod, right? He didn't, but my point is that. You had these coaches, and then the, the subsequent years, this team collapsed with the same core. Three times. Three fucking times. So at which point, okay, you fire Hartley, and you say, okay, maybe we just need another coach because maybe the guy lost the dressing room. Fine. I can agree with that. But then when the second guy comes, who's it, like the opposite personality, comes in, he's like buddy-buddy, blah-blah-blah, he comes in, he does his thing, he has a good first year, and the second year is garbage again, hucks a stick into the stands, whatever. Ooh, you know, gully, whatever. Okay, that but <laughs> at that point, at that point, man, you need to start questioning, is this the core you want to build the team around? It's not just a Johnny thing. It's not just a Monaghan thing. It's everybody. It's all these guys that can't step up. It's our highest draft well, I, pick. I, it's, I, it's our highest draft pick in our franchise history who can't even crack the first fucking line. Or second. Or second. I've, I've defended Bennett for how many fucking years? We've known each other how long? I've defended Bennett way ever too since long. way too long. And, you know, I'm finally caving. But the guy, this is the point. Backlund, ever since he signed that contract, he's been, to me, the most inconsistent and very underwhelming player we've had in a long time. And, like, we had these new guys coming up. Like, Manjipani's coming up. He's playing pretty good. But then, you know, he gets sucked into this fucking vortex of fail. And then you have Dubé, who's been playing okay, but he's getting sucked into that vortex. So you need a good core for guys like them to flourish. And I just, you got to shake it up. Otherwise, you fire two, three coaches, you still keep the same core. You're not changing anything. I don't know why we, this, this, yeah. This, uh, this core is just done. Like, I'm done with it. I'm done with, is there a single player on this roster that you would keep? If we blow it all up this summer, is there an untouchable? I think there's borderline ones. I wouldn't. Uh, right now, I'm having a hard time. Who's the if you are gonna if you're gonna lose everybody except one player? Who is it that you keep? Probably Kachuk. But even I, then, honestly, he's been he's been shitting he's been the bed this year too. One of the players too. that has pissed me off the most this year. Yeah, and I would say he's if, just been absolutely eclipsed by his brother. To me, maybe Markstrom. Uh, I want a good goalie though. I know he hasn't been playing well, but it's not. I don't think this is his fault. Yeah, I mean, these goals to me, aren't not, like shit. They're all expendable, man. No, if, for if sure. The, if but the right offer comes in, goodbye. 
and maybe that's the bad that's bad mentality by me. Maybe you're right. Maybe everyone needs to be viewed I can't as even I I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of a young prospect with a huge ceiling. We uh honestly Anderson with his huge chances this year has it, he just looks poisonous to me. Like his the attitude of the these guys. The attitude is no good. The char- our character uh, <laughs> it's so bad and I I'm just sad to see a team like this as character like i don't know i'm at a loss for words really like the i think like fuck look i'm a fan of you know agitating players as you know i i like those i like those characters right yeah, but I, K- I, no but, yeah like a kachuk character like because he backs it up this year, let's not talk about it because this year he's not backing up. But for the years prior, he's been an agitator and a performer, right? And it, there's usually a line he doesn't really cross. But when Anderson picked up that puck, that game, that Ottawa game for that goalie's first win, and then he hucked the puck away at the end there. Excuse me. <laughs> but you remember that? No. Remind me what happened? So the Ottawa game, the goalie, I, I forgot his name right now. He got his first NHL win against oh, us. Oh, yeah. And then Anderson picked up the puck at the end of the game. Yeah. And then, like, Brady Kachuk's like, hey, give us the fucking puck. Yeah. And then Anderson just hucked it. Like, I know Anderson came out after he said, I didn't really know. That was, that's, you know what? That's horse shit. You did know. You're just being, you're just being a bad fucking loser. I, I see. Like, yeah. yeah. That I, is, but, that's but poor. Are, that's like. Those That's, are little character things that just fucking rub me the wrong way. And isn't Anderson the guy on our team who's always grabbing pucks for our guys? Yeah, like Anderson, you can tell, is a good character for us, like our dressing room. But I think some like that, look, he's young and, and he's going to get better. I, I have no doubt. But I don't like seeing that shit. No, I don't either. Because it just looks bad. It's a bad look. He was on John Boy. On YouTube, that guy that commentates on baseball shit, like he reads their lips and does funny shit. He, our team was on John Boy. This is like a multi-million subscriber channel. And the guy was making fun of us. What were we saying? Well, no, he was just basically making fun of Anderson for picking up the puck. And like, he was just doing funny commentary on it, right? Like, like it's just, I, you know, me, we've been degraded to a team of just it's just tomfoolery, horse It's play. comedy. It's yeah, a comedy. Like, that's all we've got. We can't. We we have an NHL rookie goalie with the worst team in the North Division, and we lose to them handily. Yeah, exactly. And then we just go on. We go on to lose eight out of nine, or whatever the goddamn stat is at this point. Like, we just don't look like winning, and we don't look like caring, and it's it's sad, and it's, it's gotta we gotta blow this up hard and start again. Shuffle the I deck, agree. start again, and... But do you take the... Okay, the question now is, do you take the route of picks, or do you try to retool what you have? I'm not saying uh, keep anybody, I, but... I think you try to get... I think for Goudreau and Monaghan, or even a Kachuk and a Lindholm, you're trying to get a, a, a solid... A, a team's number one or number two prospect and a, and a first rounder. For a Goudreau player, Goudreau has to net us something to be rebuild in return. Perhaps like a younger up-and-coming star and a pick. I, I, maybe I'm in la-la land with this, but 
Monahan as well. I mean, Monahan's a first line center, and Monahan has decent stats, goal scoring stats. He scores goals in the NHL, which is the hardest thing to do. That's worth something. Yeah. And I think both of these guys have to go, and you rebuild around a Kachuk Lindholm tandem up front, and you see how that goes. You give you give Mangiapane and Dubé, and you you put Bennett second line center. Like I don't know. There's no way we can trade Backlund, but <laughs> may as well play a guy in the first line now and give Bennett some second line minutes I at mean, center. We should give. I mean, if we're gonna keep Bennett and we don't lose him in the expansion no, draft, I don't want to. We should give him. this guy a chance. I don't. I don't want to keep him. He had his chances, man. Well. I had we his can't, chances. We, you know, you know we're, that. In, we're in fantasy land thinking we're going to get rid of everybody. Well, we're in fantasy land thinking we can get any type of value for Goudreau or Monaghan anyway, in my opinion. I think the value we're going to get is, is going to be lower than we all want. But It's, it's, you know, it's worthless. To your, to your point that you, you said earlier off the air that teams might just, just wait on out. him to run down his contract, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen because if a player like Goudreau was available... Out of the 30 teams out there, 31 now, one or, there's going to be suitors, and they're going to want him, and there's going to be competition for them to get him. And then even if we don't trade him in the summer, he's going to get traded at the deadline. Yeah, but you, the longer you wait... I agree the 100%. Less that, uh, the longer know, but, we wait is... But, but my, my, prob- okay, my problem is this. Again, I know I realize... Anyone that w- listens to us con- consistently, um, I've been saying this, and you've been saying, you've been agreeing with me. I'm not saying you don't, that we should have been trading these two. It, not because they're bad. I never said Goudreau's bad. I never said Monahan's bad. But sometimes these players and the clubs need a different uh, chemistry. They need a new mix of players. E- equ- equivalently, Goudreau may need just a new environment. He, he right? does. Monaghan needs a new environment. Because these does are too. two talented players that can flourish under the right environment, right? In my opinion. They have the talent. They got the fucking IQ. They just, they need something different, I think. Because it's, it's almost like they're flames fatigued as well. They're just, they're, yeah. They're, and they're not leadership material. This era is over. Yeah, this era is done. Now, the problem is, though, is that we were saying on this podcast for, Two years ago, we should deal these two. And we're not the only ones. A lot of people on, our, on the Twitterverse, our followers, other podcasts saying the same thing. But the problem is that nobody really touched on is that the longer you wait, the worse their value gets. Because the issue is that GMs are watching all this shit like hawks. Yeah, right? They're course. watching every single player that they have on their shortlist. Right? If Philadelphia, knowing he's a Philly fan, has been watching Goudreau, they are laughing their ass off seeing this because they're like, I don't have to give up shit to get him. And uh, I know he wants to come here. I, don't, I, I think that's, that's fair, but I don't think Calgary is handcuffed like that because there's 30 other teams that could say, I'll take Goudreau and I'll, yeah, but I'll pay I don't, higher. I don't agree with that because if you're Goudreau and you're talking to your agent, you're sitting down, you're having your dinner and going like, your agent's like, okay, look, if, you're, if you wait till free agency, you're going to have a bidding war on your contract, right? On the other hand, uh, sorry, you have a bidding war on your contract. On top of that, you have access to all teams. 
Johnny, well, Johnny doesn't have any clause in his contract. No, but okay. So let me finish. So you would have all teams available to bid on you, right? Whereas if the Flames are actively trying to trade you now, I don't think all teams are in the race. No, right now during the trade deadline? Yeah. No, I don't think so. And so I think we have to trade him in the summer. I know, but the less teams that you have available to give this guy, the less offers you're going to get and the worse offers you're going to get. Because these GMs talk to each other. There's no chance. The, the summer is the best time to trade. Sure, but dude, we waited too long. This Goudreau is kind of like, and maybe there's some traders that listen to us, but Goudreau is kind of like became, he was like a blue chip stock for the Calgary Flames. We held him too long. We kind of side betted on other players, think we can get better, better access to him and his skill. We tried getting other coaches and blah, blah, blah. He turned out to be, we started doing like subprime mortgage bets, subprime stocks. We started doing this shit, and all of a sudden we have a credit default on this guy. We have to fucking fire sell him. That's where we're at. I'm not kidding. Because if I'm the GM of the Flyers, and I'm looking at you and I'm asking you, if you're the GM of the Flyers, why the fuck would you give up much for this guy? Because, number one, Flyers are tanking right now because it's just it's not working, even though they had a great start. Okay, but... Team soft. Team soft. Goodrow is not size. So who are you going to give up to get him? And are you willing to really give up that much? I mean, there are other teams, though, that will give up things to get a player like Johnny Goudreau. For sure, but the NHL knows that Philadelphia is a preferred destination, right? If you talk to the player and he says, I'm going to re-sign here, anywhere, New, New Jersey, New York, New York, New yeah. York Islanders, yeah, okay. right? All of these, there's lots of places he can go. Pittsburgh, even, right? But I guess, yeah, but my question is, what are they going to give up at this point? I they, think they, teams. I it. think in the summertime, and you know, you you announce a player like, listen, for the right offer, Goudreau's available. There will be good things coming your way. It's not going to be as much as we'd hope for. Yeah, I don't. But I, there will be. I think we're going to get something that's okay. We should have done it after the Colorado series. That that should have been the wake up. You're right. That should have been the waterfall. That should hindsight have been is like, 2020. But I mean, if you finish but, second in the league and you get absolutely wiped. Yeah, by a wild card team. That, that should have been a that wake series up call. wasn't even close. No, it should have been a wake up call. And your stars sucked. No, it was and awful. Sam Bennett earns a reputation for being a hard playoff performer in five games. I can understand why you're frustrated with him now. I, I'm honestly frustrated because the guy—that's the tantamount player you want. A guy that can perform in the playoffs. You want your entire roster to be like that, right? where they make you the playoffs, whether you're first or eighth, it doesn't fucking matter to me. Honestly, to me, the lower you enter the playoffs, like the lower position in the standings you enter the playoffs, to me is a bigger advantage these days. Because you're just underrated. I'm okay with playing a team that underrates me. I'm totally fine with that. Especially if I have a roster of fucking 20-something players that show up in the playoffs. Yo, the fact that we're even talking about the playoffs depresses me. It depresses me because we're not going to see it for a while. <laughs> and I think... I, Hello, we, 1995! We, we may have like a mathematical possibility, but... Oh, we're, let's, no, there's no way we're making the playoffs But let's make it year. clear. It's no way. So get that out of your heads. Get a, get a seventh-round pick for Ryan and get a fifth-round pick for Riddick at the deadline. Yeah, like it's time to load up on picks. Yeah, but to load me, up, man. To me, even for Johnny get picks back just 
you know, you can get a prospect and a pick. I'm fine with that. But it's time to retool. And part of me is actually wondering, and I want I want to know what you think. Part of me is actually wondering, okay, when we hired Sutter, we talked about thinking, okay, is this Trey's kind of last dance now? He's done. Like, there's, we have a bit of a conspiracy going on on our side with that. But it, it just, to me, the hiring of Sutter and the fact that Trilliving came out and said, this guy's here for three years. He's not going any going anywhere. Like that was a message that the players would respond to. Well, look how they responded. Yeah, terrible. Look how they responded. Yeah, it like, says a lot. You know, we fired the coach. Now, now the onus is on you guys. You guys didn't do it. And the consequence on a player for not performing is, I don't know. For the for the guys who are making seven hundred thousand, yeah, you might lose your spot in the NHL. The consequence on Johnny, on Monty, on Kachuk, Lindholm. Geo Anderson, um, Tanev Hannafin, zero. Because they're still going to get paid the next year. Goudreau is going to land on an NHL team. He's going to get a fresh start. And your, that's a your consequence for absolutely failing is not... Jeff Ward's out of a job. His consequence, he's fired. I don't, I don't know what he's doing right now. But his consequence is way more severe than the players. The players have such a cushy safety net. Like... Unless you're one of those guys, those fourth-line guys who's fighting day in, day out. But, you know, you never have a problem with effort with those guys. Like, like a Stone. Like a Stone. Stone's uh, effort is, I can never I, fault I, I the mean, guy. I mean, I looked at that, and I, t- I told you just before we started recording, you know, Jeff Ward is an idiot for not playing Michael Stone ahead of Nesterov because Stone is a way better player. Way better. He's a way better player. He's got a howitzer of a shot, man. Ah. Like, you gotta have that on the power play. And the fact that he's signed with us for seven hundred thousand, like just I don't know. Find a way to healthy scratch him a few more games and then get him back for another seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Because you know what we can start to do now? We can start to take on those garbage contracts for a couple of years. Yeah. And load up on picks. Because this I think it has to be painful and you've got to rebuild the right way. There's no rebuild a year and bounce back the next. No. Like, you got to start from the ground up here. I think we have to burn this whole thing down. And I, I, but I don't think our, I don't think Treleving is built for that. I mean, whether Treleving is here. <laughs> no, no, in fairness. In whether fairness, Treleving is here or not is. <laughs> no, but we have, know, to, but, we have to blow this but up. It, but it's not an insult to Treleving, to be very clear. There aren't many GMs out there that can build teams via picks because you look at Edmonton. It's still a shit show. Yeah, they're okay this year, but you know they sat there and tanked for years. They got a generational talent out of it. They got some other guys out of it, but ultimately they're still not a fucking. I don't see them as a Stanley Cup winning team. Edmonton? Yeah. Fuck. No. Well, but that, fuck. So Edmonton. my point is, my point is, you need the right GM for this too, right? <sighs> like Chicago's Who, who's done. The, who's the right GM? I, I I don't know. Like, but is Tre- okay. The question is, is Treleving the right GM? Uh, my opinion on Treleving is split because I think, I think management said we want to spend to the cap and we want to win, and he did absolutely everything he could and wasn't afraid to absolutely. to do that. I can't fault his effort. He's done a ton of moves. I'm not. Treleving is not honestly. He's not the problem, in my opinion. And looking at these guys and saying, listen, you know, we believe in you. And if anything, his fault is saying to Johnny, oh, you're, we trust your character. It's fine. You know, we, we, we believe in you if, to do if this. If he had that conversation, yeah. And he, he, he misjudged that. 
he misjudged that a lot, and maybe it's going to cost him his job. Maybe not. But honestly, I think under the parameters, Treleving did everything he could to meet that win-now expectation. And in fairness, we were, we were second in the league that year. Second in the league. For sure. And no, it, it, we were a winning team. We looked strong. We looked solid. Dude, if, if I were to give Treleving a report card, so, so to speak, when it comes to trades, when it comes to um, making big moves, he gets A's. Like, there's no... I can't fault him for any of the things that he's done. What I can fault him for, and I'm pretty sure... Look, he knows. His, he knows. Like, this is a smart guy that's been running this club for a while. He knows that he waited too long on the core. He gave too much, he gave too much effort, or credit to those guys. After the Colorado series, he should have been seriously looking at the squad going like, I better deal these guys now while they have value. I, I, I think there's a lot of factors in play. I think ownership wanted to win. Yeah, and ownership and sure. is spending to the cap, like most sure. teams we do. Don't, yeah, we don't know the dynamics of what he's going through. The team, the team we've kind of been for, for a while now in a limbo phase where, like, what are we going to do here? Like, are yeah, we going to... like, there was never a point. Do you ever really remember a point in the last five years or six years where you felt like this legit good feeling that we can do something in the playoffs? Because no. even the year we were second, I had this, like, weird feeling when we got drawn we, with we Colorado. Did, we didn't look like a dominating it just, team. Yeah, it just... And the first game we won, actually, and it was, like, a total, like hokey pokey bogus game that we won right it was just like dirty sleazy fucking shit and then when colorado just dominated you and i i remember you and i were like watching that game together and we were both like uh-oh like it, this is done like we knew like i knew at least the year that we made the finals and i'm not rehashing this shit for any reason other than making this point there was a there was a magic there and a high-end player and a high-end goalie. We had, we had the puzzle pieces to make a run. Everybody kind of knew in Calgary that knew, that was going to happen. And everybody knew their role. And right. that coach, Daryl Sutter, got the best out of Absolutely. those players. And I haven't felt that since. No. That was a miracle, man. 2004 no, it was, was a, a miracle. miracle. But, but again, the number to me... The best pieces that you need to make it far in the playoffs is an amazing goalie and that stalwart guy that like you know is going to be our star. And then everyone else plays their role, right? Like, dude, even we fucking have, we, Sean Donovan was a fucking like goddamn megastar that fucking run. Billy like, Neiman. Billy Neiman and whatever. But like... Mike Commodore. In the Marcus last, Nielsen. In these guys the, are heroes, man. They're I know, tattooed but, all over my body. Know, yeah. <laughs> but like they all had that piece, right? Here, especially in that Colorado series, because I keep going back to that because I feel like that was a turning point for us in a bad way. Yeah, it definitely It kind of just went backwards after that. It really <sighs> did. Man. Honestly, there's a turning point when Johnny Goudreau holds out and signs his contract depressed and angry. And there's a turning point for me, again, when Johnny Goudreau does an interview with the Phillies hat on. And I know you don't think it's a big deal, but to me, it's just like someone who doesn't want to be here. And there's a turning point again when he just gets absolutely outshadowed by Nathan McKinnon in the Colorado series and is, is a complete child and doesn't do anything to... This is like my ninth beer, by the way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, like, I want to ask you this. 
By the way, you were okay. I'm gonna admit this right now. I'll never repeat this again. You were right about the Phillies hat. Fuck you, but you were right. I was drinking a beer. You know what? You're you're rap. You. You're you're a rap piece of shit. But you're right about. <laughs> it just it just it doesn't seem it's not right to me, Matt. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. And it's just always sat poorly, and it's always and even when Goudreau signed that contract, and you don't, you know, you don't feel that harmonious. Like he wants to be like, here. It's like a, it should be a marriage. It should be happy for at least six months or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> it was not. It was like what kind of marriage? It was like an arranged marriage. It was like man? a shotgun wedding. <laughs> like Goudreau's at months. the altar, like straight faced and terrified, and doesn't know what he. Welcome he's like, I got forced generation. into this because she's pregnant and stuff like that. <laughs> and like, wow. man, it's just. It just, I remember that and be like, ah, oh, this isn't how it should be. And what a great contract for living got him to sign. But yeah, but that Goudreau, actually was a detriment, right? Yeah. Would it have make, made a difference if we paid him $8 million? Probably not. Well, no. Like, now that we've seen what we've seen. Again, I'm not here to harp on Goudreau. Like, the whole squad is just not, it's not there for that. Like, it's just not a good mix of players. Um. Anyway, you were going to ask me something. I was going to ask you. Do you think there's any players we'll we'll start <laughs> we'll start swinging for the fences. Are there any players that have exceeded your expectations this season? <laughs> no. Okay, moving on. No, I don't well, you? No, there aren't any. No. Are there any maybe, players maybe Dubé like maybe No, he has not exceeded expectations. Yeah, he hasn't exceeded. No, though. there's nobody who's exceeded expectations. It's, it's it's a relativity thing, right? Like I'm like comparing him to Shit and vomit, right? And here's another thing. I I remember watching one of our games, and they are talking about Chris Tanev. And they're like, Chris Tanev's been our best player this season. And I'm like, well, our best player is our shutdown defenseman and our second pairing. Yeah, that's a bad sign. That's a really bad sign. Okay, is there anybody who's met your expectations this season? At the at the begin okay, hang on, hang on. At the beginning, just to, Mar- at the beginning, Markstrom. But overall, no, like nobody. There's nobody who's met an expectation. I'm struggling to think of someone who's met an expectation. Lucic, maybe. <laughs> well, what's your? You know, you wouldn't say this to his face. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm just basically said he's one of our best players on the team. He has been actually, like relatively speaking, he has been. He shows up. He's consistent. And he plays hard. Does like, his role? Plays hard. Does his role? Like I don't really have any complaints on Lucic at all. Um, but yeah, like no one's really. I mean, he has. I guess he's met my expectations, but um, not really anyone else, to be honest, man. That means you have a whole team of players who have not met expectations, right. and I don't know about you, but in the workplace. When you are not meeting expectations, usually the consequences are pretty dire, especially when you're a repeat offender. Well, in my line of work, if you don't fucking perform, you're done. So, um, yeah, I can totally, I can totally understand that. And again, it comes back down to, but this is a fundamental issue with sports is that you have coaches are the pariahs and the players are the, just, they stick around. And in hockey, especially, until you can trade one of these players, they're stuck with you. They're stuck with you till the end of the contract, in which case you're stuck 
even paying their fucking contract just to get rid of them. We're still paying two fucking players' contracts out. Like, we haven't. We're almost had... done with Troy Brower. Yeah. Hey? Well, I mean, it's a fucking we're, tragedy. We're, we're paying Troy Brower now to commentate yeah, on our it, games. It's a fucking tragedy <laughs> that we. Yeah. Like it's fucked. And honestly, good on Brower, man. I. You know what? If I were him, I'd be like, yeah, well, whatever. Like that. That's the way it is. And, hey, NHL structured that way, and this is the only way you can get out of players. Like out of out of players are not performing for you, you pay them out, and um, I don't know if it's uh, if it's illegal for us to have like soccer style transfers where we pay money for players and stuff like that. I'm sure it can still happen. I I mean I've seen deals where money is involved, but it's always very little. <laughs> Gretzky, <laughs> right? But that was a long time ago, right? Like I I don't anyway. My my point is that like the problem with hockey is that when your team is doing poorly and you're not dealing your players the first thing to go is your coach usually the next order of operations is actually your gm they try to deal your players but then if ownership thinks that you're doing a bad job dealing the players you're usually next in the pecking order rather than a player and then when someone new comes in then he starts dealing the players my problem is that like you get to this like this echo chamber of like, oh, we'll do better with this. We'll do better with this. We'll do better with this. But in reality, unless you blow the whole thing up and by whatever means necessary and hopefully not paying out fucking contracts for seasons upon seasons after the fucking player's done with you, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It just, at some point, you need something set up from a cultural perspective in the club that says, listen, everyone is expendable. We have an age limit on this team. We have a salary limit on this team. We don't give a fuck if we can't, if we can't fucking sign you for less than 10 mil, we will deal you. And if you're that good, we'll get some fucking returns back anyway. We'll be okay. We need to have that mentality. Not this like, well, we have good, like five years ago, four years ago, you and I are saying, well, we have Goudreau, we have Goudreau, we have Goudreau. Okay, but if we had the Oops. fucking, yeah, but if we had the culture that said, look, if the guy is becoming a problem or his contract is too high or he's becoming very like, I don't really want to sign, like if he's causing problems in his fucking contract renewal, you need to have policies to say, okay, get rid of him. Yeah. And and just stop getting attached to these players. Like if you're, I, I mean, not to segue, but if you're Toronto, I bet you did. You wish you didn't do that with Nylander. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, goodbye, man. Like, yeah, fair enough. But like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we look at Tampa. Like these guys, they don't give a fuck. Colorado, they fucking dealt what's his face like two years ago. Barry. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, see you later. Like, we have Makar. We don't give a fuck. And then there'll be somebody but else. But the problem with us is we don't have anybody. <laughs> no, I know. But I think that mentality gets you there. It takes time. And I'm not saying let's rehash the Young Guns era. But what I'm saying is that, like, you need to review the club culture at this point and be like, look, our approach is don't pay guys more than $8 mil a year. You don't fucking sign them for more than three, four years. And you fucking trade them if they have a problem with it. And then you get them at their max value anyhow. Because those problems only occur when a player is fucking killing it. 
They don't occur when a player is shitting the bed. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean. Like, we need to start being very, like, inhumane about it. Like, we need to be, like, robots about it, right? If you're not performing, you're asking for too much money, you're becoming a sulk, okay, you're done. You're gone. That's it. I don't know. I definitely went off there, but I think I think we have a long way to get to get to that point, and we have a lot of reculturing to I, do. I really do think you can start that this summer. I I think you started this summer by saying, you know what, you guys who just don't fit here anymore, goodbye. Yeah. And yep. There's just a giant for sale sign on the the lawn of the Saddle Dome. Yep. And. And get as many first. You know what? You got a new arena coming in a couple years. Yeah, maybe. This team better. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even speak. I just don't know what to say. Like it's honestly, it's it's kind of hit me all. I just look where we went from 2004 to here, and uh, ups and downs. But just in the it's end, just been a just it's just been a slow decline. You know, it, yeah, you're right. It has been more of a slow, we haven't made painful it, We death. haven't made it past the semifinals, have we? It, no, it's a slow, painful death, for sure. Where we had, like, moments where it felt like there might be some hope, and then we just get crushed again. It's a slow, painful death, really. It really has been. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I think this summer is the summer of... It's a summer clearance. And if we don't do it, I mean, as a fan... I got to question what ownership's doing at that point. Uh, yeah, right? I, I, I know what ownership was doing. They were thinking, we're going to do whatever we can to win now. And now that has to be, I think that has to be abundantly clear that that isn't with this group of players. Not, yeah, because you've done, you've, you've gone through the coaches. <sighs> you fire the GM, I guess, maybe, but like the players are the problem. The players yep. are the problem. And, you know, they're just. Yeah, like, I'm okay with cleaning house. In I'm just disappointed in the character of these guys. I don't know what else to say on that, but. Um, and I mean, I'm sure there have been times when their character has been great, but the fact that we even question the character of most of the players is. Pretty disheartening for me. Yeah. As you can all tell, Tyler is about to cry. I'm in. I'm in <laughs> tears. Yeah. I don't know. Blow I it mean, up. Blow it up. Um. This season's. This season's done. And give players a chance to play. And you know the Dubes and the Mangiapanis and the Bennets. I guess the Valamakis. No, no, no. I'm done with Bennett. All right. Well, the Dubes and the Mangiapanis <laughs> and the. The, yeah, the the Brett Richies who are the 27-year-old yeah, rejects like that we're like, putting on our first line. Bring, like, the Connor Zaries, like, whatever. Like, There's no way we do that. But, like, you know, that's, I, I really hope that the next phase, if we decide to do this by the summer, we stop as a franchise. I don't know any other franchise that does this. Maybe it's because I don't watch them as religiously as I do with the Flames, but we are so famous in my head of praising fucking plugs 
that go on the first line that would never otherwise hit any other first line on any other team in the NHL. Look, I'm not saying Brett Ritchie is <laughs> is a bad player, but he's not a first line player. And the fact that we always have to like, dude, he's he's not, not, he's not even dude, close to a first line. I know he's player. not. And but do you not do you not see? That we've constantly rationalized guys like this being like, oh, he's got a lot of energy. Oh, he's working really hard. Oh, he's That's working really hard. That's a classic line for it's the Flames. It's such a fucking class. Stop it. It's I a- don't want to see any more fucking Brett Ritchies on the fucking first line. This is our first fucking line. Stop it. I don't want to see any more fucking plugs on this fucking first line. I'm so sick of it. Stop it. I don't give a fuck if he skates hard. I don't give a fuck if he goes hard on the boards. I don't give two motherfucking shits about any of that. Why the fuck are we praising players who don't belong on the first line that are on our first line? This is a major problem. I am so sick of it. For years. This is even before the Johnny Money era. For years before the fucking Sutter playoff run. We were doing that. We were doing that for fuck. We had Marty goddamn McKinnis on the first fucking line, and we thought it was a great idea. Corey Stillman was our fucking star. Like, this is what I'm talking about. I'm fucking, I'm, dude, I'm getting, I'm 36. I've been watching the Flames since I can remember, right? And, like, ever since the 80s, we've always had this weird obsession of bringing up these like players hoping for this mighty ducks disney fucking miracle on some player that's going to show up and be this fucking stud it doesn't happen if anything we trade these guys we traded brett hall we traded fucking martin st louis kept fucking clark wilm what the fuck (laughs) brett ritchie on the first fucking line are you fucking crazy like, this is insanity to me. Like, I can't even explain in words. Like, and it's not an insult on Brett Ritchie. It's not his fault. You know, good on the guy. He's fucking working hard, man. Like, I get it. But that is a fucking damning statement on your club and your roster for the f- in the fact that we have a guy on the first line that would never cut the first line on any other team. And that or, includes or, Ottawa. Or the second line. Or the second line. Like, this is insane. Stop that. Like, I, I just, that, I think that drives me more crazy than anything else. We rationalize players that don't belong on the first line constantly. For generations, it feels like. Stop it. It's time to make some moves. Blow it up. I'm okay with seeing the Flames suck for the next two, three years. If it means that we got a whole whack of draft picks, a whole whack of prospects, and we're trying to build something again. Because right now, it, none of this is working. It's done. And they're getting older. And it's just, it's over. Man. I, it's, yeah, it's got to be blown up. Like, this, it's, it's all done. And that was, that was good. <laughs> Sorry. We all needed to hear that, but. Oh, fuck, I'm riled up right now. The whole, the whole, well, we'll just find that. You know, I look back at this, and I was definitely guilty of it, too, for a long time, just thinking all this team needs is that right winger. All this team needs is that right winger. Yeah. And we tried, and then we just, you know, it's, it was a fantasy. Because 
we could have had, I don't even know, the best right winger in the game. And it, it, Goudron Monaghan would have still found a way to fuck it up. Like, that's... <laughs> Like honestly, I was excited. <laughs> I I was excited when we brought in Neil. The oh, one so of the was I. one of oh, the everybody was. better players from Vegas. And who and the writing should have been on the wall wall when we said, "Okay, Vegas is just like walking away from this guy." They're like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. He comes and you know what? It it immediately failed. It was an immediate failure. There was no success there whatsoever. That was a hard F. Yeah. And we fantasized about finding that right winger for a long time. And we should have been going for harder for like a stone, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, just imagine like how oh, different, I imagine. All right. Yeah. How different the team would be with a guy like a stone. Right. And I know we were going for Hoffman for a while there, right? But that would have been bad. Oh, Hoffman's a bad character guy. Yeah. You don't like, need so, another bad character guy. But it just goes to show you that, like, it's just not that easy, right? Like, it's a 50-50 uh, coin flip, right? Like, Stone would have worked out, in my opinion, great. But then Hoffman would have just been a fucking dud, I think. Right? I agree. Hoffman. St. Louis is not very happy with Hoffman, and they're ready to offload him, but. But that's the difference, right? St. Louis is like, okay, we're, we're just going to do it. It's a good team, right? And they have no problem doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Calgary Flames organization, I just want to see one cup in my lifetime that I can actually remember. Because, frankly, I don't remember 89. I was five, and I just I don't, I don't remember. remember it at all. So, you know, like, I was at, I was at our buddy's house having a cigar, and, like, I actually, like, sighed to him. I was like, I don't think I'm going to ever see the Flames win the Cup. Yeah, we talked about that. And we talked about that. And, like, honestly, until you rinse and repeat this whole thing, it doesn't work. But if you just start from scratch, I feel like there's a little bit more hope. It doesn't work with this core, unfortunately. It's not a knock on Johnny. It's not a knock on Monahan. It's not a knock on Kutcher. It's not a knock on any of these guys. It just doesn't work sometimes. It's okay. If Johnny goes to Philadelphia or New York or wherever, and he ends up having a stellar season, I personally would be very happy because I like Goodrell. I think he's an amazing player. I think these are guys that you need in NHL because they're so fun to watch. He's a high IQ, incredibly talented guy. Just didn't work out here. It sometimes doesn't work out. It's not personal. Just didn't work out. That's okay. But know to trade these guys. I just... I got really fired up this podcast. Sorry. Jesus. No, no need to apologize. I'm just, it's so built up, right? Like, I'm it's, just tired of this it's shit. It's frustrating. How yeah. frustrating is it to... It's frustrating for me as a fan to tune in, to come home, like many fans do, to watch the game and they're just not trying. They are not trying at all. And I watch Goudreau just floundering out there and not caring. Sorry, but, like, fuck off. Like, do something. Four points in your 13 games since Sutter's arrived? First-line power play minutes every time? Like, I just, I watched the Winnipeg game and they were like, oh, he got hit last game. And he went into the boards and just stopped and shuddered away. And, like, you bench him the whole fucking game. 
Yeah. Like you're a hockey player for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like fuck me. Just the mind is elsewhere. Just not into it. So. Yeah. And again, like I trade him. Yeah, it's again. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. Like it's, it's not a. To me, it's again. It's not really a fault of his. It's just more of like, it just didn't work, man. No, it's okay. Like I it mean, is his fault. Well, that's a shit character. Yeah, that's no, a shit attitude. Uh, sorry, that's not what I meant. I just meant more and like it's shit performance. It just, I'm just saying holistically, it just didn't work this out. This club has done everything to accommodate Johnny. Man, I look at this. Okay, Dougie Hamilton, a bit of a weirdo. He didn't fit here. We fucking traded him, a bona fide number one A defenseman. Yeah. We've done everything to accommodate Johnny and Monty for what, man? That's because true. Hamilton likes to go to a museum, doesn't do fucking drugs and bang <laughs> hookers and shit. Like, fuck okay, off. Yeah, like, okay, let's wrap it up. <laughs> why, why did we trade this guy? And we've we've done everything to 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 bed in and accommodate and satiate Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan. It pisses me off. Like, and they've repaid our faith with nothing, with absolutely nothing. Like, these performances are disgusting. Uh, yeah, maybe there are things I don't know, but I'm watching the game, and I, I, the effort is not there. And, you know, if there's one thing you can control in life, it's your effort. Completely. And completely, you just, you're done with us. I'm done with you. Like... We're not winning a cup with you. We're not. We're not winning a cup ever. So just fuck off. Like, <laughs> I think. I think that's. I think that's. You, you. You almost need to be like the mob boss going in and be like, yeah. It's I done. have no. I have no statistical proof of anyone doing drugs. <laughs> Stop it. Or having. Stop it. <laughs> Wrap her up. <laughs> but no. But seriously, like, you need to be like a mob boss. Go in that dressing room. And be like, all right. There's nothing we can do. We're trading you. And you just stare at them. You stare at them till they leave the dressing room. Make them uncomfortable. Like, there's nothing we can do. We're trading it. Go home. Go home. No clauses in that contract. Yeah, go send, home. Send him to Arizona. No, he's not going to go. Well, look, man. Get re- just whatever you can, get the best return possible. It doesn't matter. I don't care where he goes, right? We don't really owe him a Philadelphia trade. We don't owe him that. The problem is because we waited so long, his value is diminished. So it's going to be a little bit harder for us to get that return. Straight up, we would have gotten a better return from him after the Colorado series than we can now. Yeah. Straight up. I, I don't know, man. His value was pretty, pretty low then. No. Oh, yeah. It was. He just played like shit for five games. Yeah, okay. But like that, you could chalk that up as like, look, they, they just need the right pieces. <laughs> Goudreau is a great piece Hopefully, for your, this for your summer, Bufflin team. There's right? an amicable trade, and Johnny Goudreau goes off into the sunset and oh, right, but has a great time in some other place. Tell me, if the year that, that uh, the Golden Knights made the final, tell me that Goudreau wouldn't be good on that team. He would have been amazing on yeah, that team. Yeah, he would have been great on their second line. But that's what I'm saying. He just needs a different environment. Right? Absolutely, like yeah. Player. And we need draft picks and the other players who actually want to play hockey. Right. He needs a different environment. We need something. There's a mutually beneficial uh, arrangement here that's going to work out, and everyone is going to be happy, or at least will be happy, or will try to do something that makes us happy. But until that day, we're stuck with him. The trade deadline's Monday. I mean, we're definitely sellers. So hopefully we can sell some of these pieces that are going to be UFAs to get some picks. 
Load up on something and hope for the best. Blow it all up. Kaboom. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about bombs, but I thought that was a bad idea. So I think I think that's just, that's it. That's the, probably the smartest the rant you made cast, in your life. The rant cast is over. The rant cast is over. That's, Apologize that you guys all went through that. Yeah, and if you're still listening at this point, I, you know, it's on me for always thanking the listeners at the end of the show. But if you honestly listen to this point, um, we are infinitely grateful. <laughs> and I hope you had a few laughs about this show and, you know, a few things resonated with you and you had a few beers and a couple slices of pizza or whatever it is that you like to eat. Ah. <laughs> ah. This has been episode... I don't even know. Fuck. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Have yourselves a great evening. Bye-bye.